Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Perception is Reality. It is David, your host, and today I'm joined by my newest friend in the whole world, Alexa <laughs> Randolph. Thanks for joining us, Alexa. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited, too. And Alexa, so everybody knows, is the host of With Love Alexa podcast, and she has a blog of the same name, and she will tell you about that and tell you where to find it in just a moment. Uh, which is now. Now, can you tell us now? <laughs> oh, sure. It's at my website, alexarandolph.com, and it's A L E X A R A N D O L P H. And you can find my blog on there. You can, there's links to my podcast, but it, my podcast is pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts under With Love Alexa. And I'm actually excited because when this episode, I think when it airs, Mm -hmm. You'll, uh, my whole new website, my new brand, everything will be up and running. I'm, my goal is by the first. So that's kind of exciting. Yep. And if the schedule holds, you should be airing January 3rd. Well, that'll be perfect. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll be very timely. So everybody can contact you and find you there. Um, so Alexa told me in the green room, that she is an invisible illness advocate. So I know from hearing that, I can only hope now what we're going to talk about, but I don't, you can pick any topic in the world. So I'm just gonna give you a, for example. So I talked to uh, Jessica Barclay, who is uh, Miss Middlesex uh, 2019, and that's in England, by the way, in case anybody's okay. wondering. That's so, cool. Yeah. So, but we didn't talk about that. We talked about um, decluttering, <laughs> decluttering your life. So just because you're an invillness, uh, invillness, that's when you combine the word invisible and illness together, it's invillness. I just created that. Hashtag I always copyright. type that too, not going to lie. Oh, <laughs> I type right. it that way for some reason. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that doesn't look great. All right, so then we're going to just blame you for mentally imprinting it in my brain. Sounds good. <laughs> um, so just because you are an invisible illness advocate doesn't mean you have to talk about it. The topic can be anything of your choice. So with that. That's actually one of my favorite topics. So I was hoping we would talk about it. Okay, when? All right, good. Cause, yes, because um, I think to get my story out there. Um, and like why I'm an advocate. Excited to find out. So. Let's start. Let's just roll our sleeves up and jump right in. Um, what is, and then we'll get to your story in a minute, but I just want to frame yeah. up. What is an invisible illness advocate? So to me, in like my opinion, I think it's someone who kind of looks out and does whatever they can to either help themselves or to help others that maybe feel like they don't have a voice. And I, can, I decided to do invisible illness instead of like chronic pain or mental health because invisible illness basically covers all of it. I want my 
my like talks or my podcast. I want it to hit a lot of people. So I decided that's why I like the invisible illness because it's anything you can't see. Okay, cool. So let's hear about your story. Um, like all good superheroes, and you're one of them, all good superheroes have a backstory. So what is yours? So, um, well, I'm an only child from Michigan, um, born and raised. And for the most part, I had a pretty normal life. I had a couple little near-death experiences growing up, but like a, drown a near drowning where I saw the light. Apparently, it's what I told my parents that night. I saw the light and someone told me it wasn't my time. And I had like a almost death appendicitis. So, I mean, I guess for as much as it can be normal, but my big story comes um, two months after I graduated from college. So it was, I graduated May of 2016 and this happened in July. I was visiting family and friends um, or family in Las Vegas and we were coming home from dinner one night when a car ran a red going probably like a good 60 miles an hour team boned us on my door mm -hmm. and I hit my head really hard on the window and kind of like went the other way yep and we were pushed 40 feet and Basically, the reason for me, for sure, but I think everyone in the car was alive, is because of the car we were in, mm -hmm. um, and that was our Mercedes, because they're a very, very strong build. Mm -hmm. The other car, from what I like, have seen or whatever, is was totaled. As far as I know, everyone walked away that night, okay. And like EMS checked me out and everything, and I just, for whatever. Um, I had like a headache kind of like where I got hit, but that was like, for the most part, that was pretty much it. So I didn't go to the hospital or anything. And as days like let up, we, I started getting worse. I like was dizzy a lot, nauseous, like basically every concussion symptom you would have. Mm -hmm. So we went to the, like my uncle's doctor or like a doctor they know. And he basically told me that I had a sinus infection, which I was kind of confused. He said because I could have been having one ahead of time and because I got hit, like it maybe knocked something and came out. So I'm like, okay, because the CAT scan, everything showed, nothing showed anything. So I'm like, whatever. I was there for a week and then went home. Um, it took me about four months to actually see a neurologist because my regular doctor sent me to a chiropractor because I had neck issues from it. And then yeah. also they like said I'm just depressed from it because like a lot of the symptoms depression can come out in physical forms too but and I started to work a little bit like as a part-time with an event planner because that was kind of like always been my dream was mm -hmm. to be an event planner so that I started that in August in December I was just something wasn't right like I kept getting like it almost felt like a knife in my head where I got hit like all the time like it just hurt really bad my ears would ring. I was dizzy a lot. It just wasn't. And my like, so I went to the doctor because I actually did have a sinus infection that time, but he sent me to a neurologist like right away because it wasn't, that shouldn't be happening. And the neurologist basically after hearing what happened told me I had a concussion, sent me to 
vestibular and physical therapy, but also like to get an MRI. And so I guess long, really long story short, over like that next year, I went to a few different doctors, got pretty much every test you can think of. And like a lot of the stuff didn't show, but as time went on, I got really bad. Like my pain got to the point where I was in burning pain all over my body. I had pins and needles and I had to leave work because I realized I wasn't doing that well of a job. And I normally, I'm very good. Like you tell me to do something, I'll do it. But it kind of like, it didn't register in my brain. So I realized a lot of it was because of my brain injury because I had a mild traumatic brain injury. So I left work and had a couple doctors tell me it was all in my head. So that was fun. And basically a year to the day, I was at a new pain doctor and I was diagnosed with central pain syndrome and Mm -hmm. post-concussion syndrome. So central pain is a neurological disorder um, it's damaged to your brain, brain stem and spine. And it could be a lot of stroke patients will get it. Um, you, if you have MS, epilepsy, there's a chance it'll, that'll also be um, concussion, really anything that'll affect your, those areas. And so I was diagnosed with that. And then it was just like kind of trial and error with treatments. And currently I'm still in 24-7 pain. Um, it feels like my body's like burning on the inside out. And a big thing with this is like, cause my brain didn't heal properly. So the nerves, like it doesn't really know what pain is anymore. Like normal pain, like a shot, like, yeah, it'll feel it. But the stuff that's the worst is like, if someone touches me, sometimes I'll like jump out of my skin or goosebumps are the worst. So winter's like really bad for me. It's the little mm-hmm. stuff that you wouldn't think is what's really bad. And can you say, what was that central what? It's called central pain syndrome or CPS is another one. Just right now, we're down so I don't forget it again. Um, no, you're well, good. CPS, I want to, I mean, I, not to disrespect you or people that have it, but CPS always reminds me of Child Protective Services. So. I, no, me too. Or like, you I'll know? look it up or something and I'll, I'll right. put CPS and it's like uh, Chicago Public Services or. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll call it by its, its long name today. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's a lot to go through. And I guess I, it, it kind of makes sense to me why the little things like, um, because if you're the way you described it to me, it makes sense because your body didn't heal right. Your, your brain and, and stem didn't heal right. So the nerve endings on a wide swath, which would be like goosebumps or mm-hmm. chicken skin, depending on which part of the world you're in. Um, or like, kind of cool. That name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like I've lived in a few parts of the world where it's not goosebumps, it's chicken skin. Because when you, um, well, I mean, not to sound too gross, but when you undefeather a chicken, that's what the the skin looks like. It has goosebumps. Mm. So it's called chicken skin. That makes sense. Some areas. But I mean, it makes sense because when you get that, or like when a touch, a touch is, is, is like a wide sensation. Yeah. And especially if you're 
not expecting it, I can see mm -hmm. how that would be like your, your, your body and brain would be like, holy guacamole, what just happened? Yeah, and like the shower I hate, it feels like razor blades on my skin. Aye. But I do it anyway because you have to. And I've been electrocuted a few times just from plugging something in. It's because my nerves are always firing. Wow. So explain that to me. Like, how did you get elected? Explain that to me, please. So I'm not even really sure. I like my, I think what it is, is the, like my nerves in my brain kind of always like haywire. So, and it's like electric in there. So I think when I like unplug one time it was, I was unplugging something and the other I was plugging something in, but mm -hmm. like, I got like a shock, but it wasn't just like your normal shock. It literally went through my arm. Um, like I went through my hand up my arm and it was like tingling, pins and needles tingling for like hours after. The first time it happened, I like was so freaked out. Like we went, it was like the end of the, it was like a, like four o'clock and we ended up like calling my doctor and they still had a couple people in. So like they put me right in just cause I did, I have never experienced that. And I didn't have any burns or anything, which was good. So they're like, it's, you're okay. Like, it'll just, um, but the second time it happened, it was even, it was a little bit worse, but I wasn't as freaked out because I was kind of, I've had it before. So I didn't have to like go to a doctor or anything, but it's scary. It's not fun. No, no, it's not. I've, I've had a similar situation with a faulty plug. I know every feeling that you're talking about, it's not a lot of fun. No, um, but I haven't had burns, so that's good. Yeah, me either. Me either. That was the, the worst of it for me. Um, and I bruise really easily, too. Is that because like of... This... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I, I don't really know why. I just will look down and all of a sudden I'll see all these bruises. I'm like, that's interesting. But And I don't even like remember banging anything. It's like, a lot of it might be like my pants because like, I hate leggings and jeans. Anything real tight itches and it's just not comfortable so like obviously sometimes I have to wear like those kind of things but um for the most part I try and wear sweatpants or things that are cute like sweatpants because, yeah, because it's comfortable from what you're I mean if you have a reaction to the goosebump or chicken skins or when some somebody touches you I mean having something tight like that would be mm -hmm. and constant irritation yeah so you must have a lot of flowy dresses and skirts then. Yeah, I love rompers like in the summer. Uh-huh. Winter I just wear sweatpants and I have a heated blanket. That's the best invention that's ever been made. Is so the heated they, blanket. <laughs> does that help with the touching sensation if it's the blanket's warm? I don't know if it's the touching Soma. It just like makes me warm so I'm not like so freezing. Mm -hmm. it's like I'm just like my my circulation isn't that good either yeah like my I'm, hands get really cold and my feet get really cold so I'm always in fuzzy socks do you have Raynaud's I don't know I um I'm not sure I think it's just all connected and that's like my biggest issue with the central pain is because a lot of what it is is obviously invisible and central pain you don't really ever find on a test or anything um, like a concussion isn't always showing up on an MRI unless it's like a bleed or like a lesion. But so it's not, it's hard to like know what's going on. And I don't, 
so like I'll get like wrist pain let's say like I just get random pains all over my body so mm-hmm. I could have a week that I'm having the worst wrist pain like I feel like my wrist is broken but it's not it's just my central pain that's where it's like affecting at that moment so it gets really hard because like I'm like I try not to complain and I try not to freak out over every little thing because it's not like I'm going to go to the doctor for everything so right. it gets like, that's kind of frustrating and one thing I will say is I think because of it, I actually do have like a higher pain tolerance um, because like a year ago I was actually walking in the neighborhood um, with like my dad and our neighbor and it was like dark out and my foot, my, my right foot like went out on me kind of like just mm-hmm. twisted and turned and then I fell into a ditch like right onto my shoulder and it was so bad and I ended up going to the hospital I fractured my like fifth metatarsal in my foot, but my shoulder they said was like might have just been swollen or bruised. And like I went to the orthopedic surgeon like you're supposed to, and it was a separated shoulder. But because there's really nothing you can do, so I was in a sling on and off. Yeah. And about over six months later, it was still just as bad. So I ended up going back to the doctor, and after like trying a few different things and a shot that nothing worked. I ended up having surgery um, and it's called like a distal clavicle. So they just, cause it was my AC joint, mm-hmm. but like that bone on the top. So they cut like the little piece off. Well, apparently I actually had a broken bone that didn't show up in the MRI cause it was hiding. So that whole time I actually, for 10 months, I actually had a fractured shoulder and not just the separated. Wow. And MRIs are not it. your friend so far. I'm learning. Like you and MRIs what? just, you and MRIs just are, MRIs are not your friend. Just nothing's my friend <laughs> in the <laughs> medical <laughs> department. But I mean, I dealt with it. I kept thinking like it was something was poking, but then I just figured it's my central pain. So it's like interesting how certain things that you would think like wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to handle. I actually handled fine. Even after surgery, I was maybe on the medicine for like a day or two just because like I didn't like it and it like helped me feel and the pain was whatever I was used to pain so yeah I do the same thing I don't like being on the medicines they give me after a procedure yeah I'm not on any medication for any like I'm on like the couple things I was on before the accident but like I tried a lot of different treatments and I had more worse side effects than it helped so I'm like it's not worth it no, the medicine, I, that's my personal opinion, and I just want to state that this is not a medical show. Neither one of us are doctors, but nope. these are our own personal preferences that when I have medicines I, and the side effects are worse than what it's treating, I prefer, mm-hmm. I, will, I will go off the medicine. Me too. Regroup. Um, and it's funny, it's because doctors, like, like the doctor that told me it was basically all in my head. It's like, I'm not even trying to come and get medicine. I'm not like, a, I'm not trying to get pills. I'm not trying to do anything. I just want help, something. Yeah, I find it interesting that in doctors, and I don't blame them um, because there are people who do try to go and scam. I don't like to, like, my doctors know that, like, I'm typically one to refuse all that stuff, and they usually have to explain in a very long drawn out uh consultory session with me why i need to take x medicine um for pain or for whatever but um 
yeah, I know that there's people out there. So when I, I'm going to go into, I'm going to, so when I was, so let me see if I'm doing the math that puts you at what, 25, 26? Yeah, I just turned 25 in August. Yeah. So when I was your age, I was um, already an old man. Um, me too. <laughs> I'm old too. Um, so at, at that age, at your age, I had already been married for three years, three or four years, I forget. So we got married right out of college. And then uh, we moved to Hawaii. We moved around. We just, we like to move. That was kind of our thing. Um, and we moved warm. So we're from Western New York. We hate the cold, both of us. So we were like, heck no. Yeah, um, I would love to move. It's just, I don't think it's feasible. <laughs> well, maybe not now, but never say never. Because we all, I have my, my boyfriend and I have actually been together. Sorry. No, so, go ahead. Um, we've been together for actually it was just three years in October. And we were friends. We've been like best friends since like 2011. Mm-hmm. but and he's been amazing like throughout all this and we like talk about like saying we want to move but like both of our families are here he has like three older brothers there's two, like a niece and a nephew and another baby on the way and it's just like part of me like wishes I could just leave like in the winter time because I like Michigan like Michigan has a lot to offer and it's like a nice area and it's just like but I just hate the cold yeah, tell me about it. It's like um, I just want to homeschool my kids so that way we can go somewhere in the winter and then come yeah, back in the rest of the year. <laughs> neither one, of, like me in particular, and I'll get to the reasons why, but I don't do well in cold. So um, I definitely don't do well in cold. My ears, I live in Houston right now, and it's 73 today, 73 degrees. Um, so that's jealous. Fahrenheit for all of us around the world listening. Not Celsius. I can't do the math in my head, so you'll have to figure that I out. I only know Fahrenheit. I couldn't yeah. tell you Celsius. But um, I still get cold. Like my hands, mm-hmm. ears, and feet will still get cold and go numb and tingle. So like that's. I mean, when it gets below sixty-four is when I really have problems. You know, with with the cold. Uh, yeah and, you know I'll, I'll have a and every other houstonian and and every other houstonian's like woohoo it's 64 degrees this is the best winter ever i'm like this is not why i moved here bring back the 102 degree heat please you need to live in like florida or like bahamas um I, i'd actually prefer to go back to hawaii we lived in hawaii for a long oh, time oh yeah hawaii is um, really nice too yeah that i mean if i could I would go back to Hawaii, but it's just so far. At least Houston is, you know, plane flight, a quicker plane flight here or there. Um, yeah. But anyway, when I was your age, uh, I was living in Memphis, and I started this little getting this cough, just a cough, and I had this low-grade fever, and I just figured it was a cold. So... Um, and I did a lot of travel for work. I've always done a lot of travel for work. So I was traveling around Tennessee and Kentucky, making my rounds, doing my thing. And it just, you know, the cough was there and I just had this low grade fever and I just, you know, just wasn't feeling right. So I go, I, I, and I didn't have a doctor because I was young and we had, we'd only been there like a couple months or whatever. 
so I didn't really have a doctor and I didn't think about it. It wasn't a priority getting a doctor at that age because at 25, what could go wrong? You're superhuman, right? Um, yep. So I went to, you know, a doctor that was close by and she accused me of just being on drugs and trying to get drugs. And I was like, what? yeah, yeah. So she was, she was like, I'm not going to give you drugs. She basically was like, nothing's wrong with you. And she kicked me out. So I was like, what the hell just happened? So I remember having a conversation with her. She was like, that's just crazy. I'm like, all right, well, I had to go on another trip. And she was like, well, how do you feel? I'm like, I just don't feel that well. I mean, I, it's tolerable. So I went on another trip. I came back. And now I was, the cough was worse. And I kept feeling like I, I had, like I was underwater. There was a lot of chest pressure. It was, it was pretty bad. So a colleague from work, his name was Bill, Bill Bantel. If you're listening, Bill, thank you. Um, like, you got to go to my doctor. So I went to his doctor, went in there, saw the, you know, you get your vitals done and everything. Well, that lady get all concerned. She ran out. The doctor comes in immediately. Like, I think he left the other patient that was in the office. They were like, we need to do a chest x-ray right now. I'm like, okay. They happen to have a machine in their office. So they do a chest x-ray, gets it. And he's like, I need you to go straight to the emergency room. Like, it was like a monopoly when you get a jail. Do, do not pass go. Do not collect to go straight to jail. That's, that's what happened. And I'm like, well, what's wrong? He was like, You're, has anybody ever told you you have an enlarged heart? I'm like, no. He's like, then something's severely wrong. Your heart is twice the size that it should be. I'm making that part up because I don't remember how large it was. Like in that moment is when the world yeah. kind of stopped and I was like, you know, he was speaking like it was in the movies when people are speaking slow motion or they're all speaking, but like you kind of go blurry and like nothing's making sense, but you hear like five people talking at the same time in that moment, that's what was happening. So let's just go with David's heart was twice the size, you know, not quite like Grinch like where it grew three times, but just two. I got you. Right. So we show up at emergency. Um, oh, actually, no, we didn't show up at emergency because David's stubborn and very stupid. So David was <laughs> like, I don't want to go to emergency. I want to see a cardiologist or whatever. And so he got me in to go see a doctor cardiologist, Dr. Kreth. Um, if you're listening, thanks, dude. Uh, Got in, we went to that office right out of his. So he frantically called and got an appointment. We got in, they did an echocardiogram. That's like an ultrasound, that's an ultrasound of your heart. Is that, um, what's it called? Um, an E, there's like a, not an EEG, that's your brain. It's but the an other ECG, one. it's an ECG. I've had, okay, I've had that a few times. Yeah, yeah, I, I get a, I go for an echocardiogram like every year, it's kind of a thing. So. They're doing, the lady that's doing the echocardiogram, you know, it's very much like uh, for the women folk and the men folk who have children, you know, when you get your sonogram for your baby, there's just the ultrasound technician and you in the room. And that's pretty much what it's like. Well, this lady, mid ultrasound, excuses herself very quickly and comes back. The next thing I know, the room has four people in it. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Kraft two nurses and some other dude. I have no, I, some, I, I assume a doctor. I didn't, I didn't catch his name, but I, I just know um, he could have been a male nurse. I have no idea. Maybe it was three nurses, two, I don't know who the hell cares. But anyway, so the room's flooded. 
and he's looking at it and then they're talking about me like I'm not in the room. Like I can hear you. I'm right here. Yep. And so finally, like that gets their attention. And he's like, look, you have, by what we're measuring, at least one cup of fluids surrounding your heart. And I'm like, Engl you know, English dude. He's like, you, oh, he was like, no, he was like, first, what he said was like, you have pericarditis and possibly myocarditis. Um, but we need to finish. I'm like, English. He's like, you have about, we're measuring about one cup of fluids surrounding your heart. Your pericardial sac should have burst by now. You're like in grave danger. You need to get to the emergency room. We need to drain that puppy. Basically, you are drowning your heart. It's not functioning. Blood's not pumping. Well, that's why you maybe felt like you were underwater. That is exactly why I felt like I was underwater. So they finished the thing. I do have pericarditis and myocarditis. I had a virus that attacked my heart. Long story short, um, too late. Uh, so end up in emergency. Uh, I'm on anti-inflammatories. Uh, they didn't give me an antibiotic because they tested me and determined it was a virus. But they had me on some other medicine, viral something or other, Majig, I don't remember. Again, this is all kind of like, you know, a whirlwind until like I get stable and then they're in there draining it then they're monitoring me at uh you know and hoping that things go so that's that's where my invisible illnesses started was all from that because of that have you ever had a latex balloon where you've blown it up and you've just let you forgot about it and like you look at it like five days later and it's kind of like shriveled in a weird way kind of I don't know all right, well, you can Google it. Um, anyway, so now my pericardial sac isn't the perfect sac that it was before. It's deflated now, but it's shrunk in spots. It's still saggy in other spots, so it irritates my heart, and sometimes I go into, like, arrhythmias. Hey. So that's a lot of fun. It's not a lot of fun. That was my sarcastic tone, Alexa. Um, oh, I feel you. Don't worry. <laughs> so... Um, I had a point. I was telling you this. You had a point, and I wanted to tell you my story, and I was going to circle it back to your point earlier, and now I forgot your point. Was it the point. cold? Oh, yeah, the cold. So that's what, <laughs> no circulation. David's circulation after that really it just doesn't work right. Um, things, there was enough damage there where it just doesn't work right. Uh, so that's why I get cold. From then on, it was just I get cold very easily. So I yeah. feel you. I'm, I'm on... Team Alexa, hashtag we hate cold. So, hashtag um, be forever strong. Right, that too. That's my saying. <laughs> <clears throat> then I'll be sure to do that when I uh, tag you in Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'll use that. Remind me though, because like yeah. you're you're a lot younger than me, um, and you're have a better memory. Am I allowed to know, like in the green room, the difference? Like how oh, many years ago this was? Oh, so I was, that would have been, that's a good question. So I don't like to do math in public, Alexa, but I'll do it for you. I can um, do it. I'm not no, that no. good, but I can do it. It's fine. I have a calculator. I will take this one on. I'll take one for the team. Don't worry. So let's see. I was about 25 or 26. So that would have been 21 years ago. Okay. You're not that old. No, 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 no. But I mean, you know, makes <laughs> me feel like I have a good sense of humor when I talk about that stuff. Um, yeah. No, I always feel like I'm like a 70-year-old person. Actually, probably older than that. Like my body 
yeah. it's like my grandma I think is younger than me and she's like high 80s <laughs> well uh my um so you went to college I don't know if you pledged a sorority or anything I did so yeah my nickname was Gramps <laughs> so apparently I've always been an old fuss bucket but anyway well um, it's funny actually it's like my friends and I would joke it's like we're all like this generation I feel like or I don't know I think I'm a millennial I don't really know what I am you or X or Z you could be your Z I think I think you're on the borderline because my daughter's 23 and I don't like I think you two are like borderline but I think she's Z or the end of millennial so you're it doesn't matter you're there I, somewhere. yeah it doesn't matter but like this generation like we don't even like half of the people like just like to be like our homebodies it's like they don't care about the as much as like maybe my parents or whoever when they were younger like always like going out doing whatever it's like I could just be at home Netflix and my boyfriend's like the same way it's like I just always felt like I was an old person in a young person's body well I mean let's talk about that for a second then we'll circle I'm actually an old soul I've been told so I could be (laughs) I've gotten that my entire life so I I totally understand (laughs) what you're saying there um I do, and I and I don't mean to sound dismissive because I want to talk about the other thing. Like your generation has so much more. So let's see, you're 25, 26. Your parents are either your parents probably are just like not that much older than me. They're probably in their mid 50s, right? Nope they they had me a little bit older. Oh, okay. So, but but still, so but close, close enough for close enough for this conversation. When <laughs> when we were growing up we actually physically had to go out to communicate with our friends. Yeah. We had to go see, we had to go do things to go see people and do things like nowadays you don't have to leave your house to have a conversation with somebody. And and I know that there's the telephone, but nobody likes to talk on the damn phone. Really. You're either in person or you can get, you know, or like in our day, like you had the telephone and it was literally tethered to a freaking wall. And what about the car? The first phone in the car, the first cell phone was that, like I I had a cell phone because of my job in 1993. But this is like I'm talking. Oh, about, that's like right before I was born. Yeah. Right. So that and I was on call, but that's a different thing. So I had a cell phone um, and a pager back then. But uh, and it was one of the kinds that had the it was very large. But we won't talk about <laughs> that now. But. Um, no, if we wanted to do anything, like you couldn't talk with your friends on the phone and have a real legit conversation because your parents were like in the next room listening to everything you were saying because you couldn't take the phone to your room. Or if you had a phone in your room, you were spoiled. Nobody liked you anyway. Um, so we had to make plans to go out. Like we were constantly going out. We had to. That was just the only way we could get social interaction. You guys don't need to do that to get social interaction. And then there's so much social interaction now for you that turning on Netflix and shutting the world off is like your only escape. My favorite's reading. Well, reading, well, thank you for saying that. I, I, Except I do read on a Kindle, but just because oh. it's so much, it's just lighter. Like I, um, cause like if I go on a plane, like I can just take the Kindle and I got everything. I do that when I travel. I still travel quite a bit. I, I bring my Kindle, but I do have, there's certain books. There are certain books that I've liked so much that I've bought the hard 
covers for just a half. Yeah. So I could reread them. Well, but I typically... have my own books because I wrote two romance novels. So those I oh. have in paperback. <laughs> well, that's Yeah, cool. so if your daughter likes romance. She is her father's daughter and is kind of um, like we're into Harry Potter, the Tolkien, stuff like that. I don't, um, she's actually, actually following in her mother's footsteps now that she's 23. She's, my wife likes to read historical fiction. So she's been starting to read a lot of historical fiction. Okay. Um, well, if you know anyone that likes women's fiction, romance. Well, you, why uh, don't you tell us all around the world right now? Because you are I will. worldwide, what those books are, where they can be found. Well, they can be found on Amazon, um, Kindle and paperback. Um, I know the first, it's a series, but the first one I think is still like on a bunch of like apple and all that um i'm gonna hopefully in my neck when my site like is officially done i'm hoping to like in my store to be able to sell them so like people can buy it from me directly mm -hmm. it's a series um called the with love series and the first book is called with love ella and the next one's daniel ever after um, i'll give you a quick little whatever about it so the first book is about Ella Chambers, who's a New York event planner, and Daniel Collins, a the New York Giants quarterback. And they've kind of like been friends their whole lives. And they actually start in a relationship, like in the beginning of the book, they're already in one. And they're on their way to like get engaged and some they get don't get the bet they get some like devastating news um in like the midst of everything. So it's kind of like their journey to see like what happened that they get married and they ha both have big families. So it's kind of fun like that. And I don't want to give too much away, but the Daniel ever after is more about Daniel's story. So I'm just mm -hmm. going to kind of say that just because okay. it kind of goes hand in hand, All right, but well, yes, everybody... Amazon or my website. There you go. And everybody knows where to find you. And we'll talk about that again at the end. So Sounds that's good, good for sharing. Um, but I will mention it to uh, my daughter just in case she is. She might romance. have friends. Oh, she's, oh, definitely. Oh, her friend Aaron would be all over this. So. so um, and it's not like too cheesy, but like cheesy enough. <laughs> I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, I will, I'm writing it down so I can, that'll be a good gift for Aaron. And I'll even just let me know if if it's if you guys do like Christmas Hanukkah gifts. If your daughter wants, I can send both books signed. Oh yeah, that would be cool. If, if they get gifts for each other or anything. Oh, she does. She she gets. So gifts. if she wants, might want that. Never know. So we let me know. <laughs> we celebrate. We so what do we we celebrate? Um, Last year, one of Marissa's friends came down to visit uh, from college, and she's Jewish. So we celebrated Hanukkah with her for the days of Hanukkah she was here, because she was here for a what winter break. And then she celebrated Christmas with us. Um, so we did both. So she, Marissa buys gifts for her Jewish friends and for, um, you know, all the Christian people. She buys the Christmas gifts or yeah. whatever. She, this year, it's like all in the same week. Yeah, so 
Marissa's all about that with her friends. Um, uh, my son, Max, I don't know what they do and him and his friends. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always say happy holidays because I don't know what anyone celebrates. Yeah, see. Because um, people will sometimes still say like Merry Christmas and like I'm not going to say I don't celebrate it. I'm just going to say thank you, you too. Oh, do you not celebrate? What do you celebrate? I celebrate Hanukkah. Oh, I'm cool. Jewish. But I have celebrated, I mean, sometimes I'll celebrate Christmas like with friends and stuff that aren't Jewish, but I'm Jewish. Well, here's a fun fact <laughs> for you. When Marissa's friend Sam came down, we had to teach her how to play the dreidel game. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm not very good at it. It doesn't really, I've gotten it like once or twice last year to spin, but other than that, I really don't get it to spin. Oh, that's funny. We still have the, we still have, um, actually, we're probably going to get a bunch more chocolate coins just in case she comes down. <laughs> you never know. I um, can't even anyway. eat the chocolate coins. You can or can't? I can't. I'm allergic to dairy. Oh, Marissa's allergic to dairy too. Oh. That's my daughter. She's allergic to dairy too. So uh, we do, I, 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 I do dark chocolate go. and I'm, I, I make my own chocolate. And it's non-dairy dark chocolate. It's by the time I'm done, it's about eighty-seven percent to ninety percent, depending on the batch. So she can eat that. Um, and okay. We, those coins are full of like emulsifiers, and they're not real chocolate anyway. So you're not missing anything. I I yeah I um. So I'm technically intolerant, but I always just stay allergic because at least staff at like wait at like restaurants and stuff pay more attention. But, um, yeah, no, I actually became lactose from my appendix. Oh, that's strange. Yeah, I had, like, a whole rupture Yeah. in my body. It was just a whole ordeal. But I, um, so for a long time, it was second grade. So from, like, second grade to ninth grade, I could have the lactate pill and be fine. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped working because I got immune to it. Um, but, like, there's a lot of... There's like a lot of things that like vegan I can eat. Um, a lot more non-dairy like now is out there, like cheese and all that that but isn't that bad. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Marissa's noticing that too. Uh, she she was born allergic. She's always been allergic. Oh okay. Is um, she deathly or not anymore? Um, she doesn't. So we had a really good allergist. I forget his name in uh, New York when she was little and we worked out a plan and she's uh, not deathly allergic anymore, but she can tolerate a little bit if she gets it, it's not gonna cause her anaphylaxis, but it does cause other. Okay, so she's actually like allergic. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I just get horrible pain, really bad pain. So it's just not worth it to me. Yeah, no, no don't, it's, it, it's definitely not worth it. So I'm going to, uh, impose upon your niceness and ask you a question. So I'm just curious because okay. I, I have a lot of friends. I, I have a diverse friend group. I mean, I literally have friends who are pastors, who are um, rabbis to you name it. Although I, I sp I'm very proud of that. But anyway, so <laughs> Marissa's friends, I've been very curious because watching them, um, I'm one of those weird weirdos who's like when she brings a friend home, her or Max, my son or my daughter. That's really funny. That's my boyfriend's name. <laughs> so when they bring friends home, like, and uh, like those, those kids become my children. Like I, 
will fiercely look out for them. So what I've noticed with some of her Jewish friends is some of them date non-Jewish people behind their parents' backs, which kind of makes me want to tell them that I never do because I, you know, whatever. Some of them are very strict, like, no, I will not date anybody. And then some of them are like, I don't really care who's what. I don't really practice. So if I can ask, Max, is he Jewish or not? Yes. He's actually my first boyfriend, too. Um, I just never, I I mean, I, my parents and I, like, we're, like, I'm open. Like, if I met someone that wasn't Jewish, but my biggest thing always, because I'm not very religious or anything, like, I don't go to services often, but my biggest thing was I want my kids to be bar and bar mitzvah. Like, that was mm-hmm. just, that was, like, really it. Otherwise, like, if they want to celebrate Christmas, I am Han, like, none of that mattered. So, like, but I know, like, it is just so much easier to date someone that same religion. But like, I always told my parents everything. I think maybe it's the only child in me. I kind of used maybe. to tell on myself. So like, I was always like the sibling to myself, but. Or, or well, either that or, or you just have a good relationship with your parents. Our kids are very communicative with us and I always appreciate Yeah, I've that. always been close. So um, yeah, no, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. Don't, no I'm not I don't think it is at all but like it's funny because like when we all moved home from college like some of my friends were like I don't want to live at home anymore like or I don't want to live at home like I've been away whatever I couldn't wait they're my favorite roommates or (laughs) housemates whatever like we just get along so well and everyone like my parents are the same like how you are like they everyone's like their other kid yeah, yeah. In high but, school, like, they, my group of friends, like, always came over to my house, and, like, my mom would hang out with us a lot, and, like, it's, she loves when everyone's over, like, because a lot of us are still friends. Um, yep. I, um, I understand. Uh, our house backed up to the high school, so both kids' friends were over all the time, and I worked from home, um, so... Yeah, I was very active in a lot of their lives. Even still, they'll, I still get a text here or there from one of them. It really kind of makes me happy. Aww. <laughs> um, so let's get back to well, – that was a very long segue, but thank you for going there with me. I appreciate it. And It's um, fun. Like, to me, it's like I, I kind of like that it's not, like, structured. Oh, no. There's, like, I warned you, and I was, like, unprepared, unedited. Like, I never know. I know it's like an hour in, and I'm like, it's only an hour. I mean, it's already an hour. <laughs> I know, right? See? I'm like, I can't talk this long normally, so. Uh, no, it's just me. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, like I warned you uh, ahead of time, I'm a yapper, so no, this is what uh, what you you signed up for. So how <laughs> does one, so are you a self-made Invisible Illness Advocate, or I Squared A, or whatever the cool acronym that you'll make up some point uh, is, uh, I, I, I don't know. Um, like, is there, do you advocate for people? Like, do you go to the hospital, help them, meet with them? Like, what, what how does that work? Um, so I started just from, like, advocating for myself, like, with doctors. Like, I knew, like, Instead of just saying, like, when the one told me basically that I was crazy or that I was making it up, instead of just letting it go and not doing anything, like, I went, I left him and, like, went to another doctor because I just knew in my body that something wasn't right. So, like, I would advocate for myself. And I know there's so many people out there that, like, feel like 
they're ashamed if they have pain issues or if they have this or they have that. And it's like, I want to be able to help them in whatever capacity. So, I mean, I'm not like a technical advocate. I just, that's kind of like what I call myself. Cause like, I want to be there to help others. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. I have um, looked up how to, but it's not, I don't even know if there's like a thing. Well, there are advocates that do associate themselves with certain medical institutions. Um, I've looked into it as well for, because uh, my, my passions lie around cardiac related issues because I have mm-hmm. a million of them now. Um, a million might be slight exaggeration. Let's just go with 999,999 just to throw a number at it. I like that. That's issues, good. Issues uh, surrounding that. So I want to get into some common misconceptions people have uh, when you talk to them or other people about what it's like to have an invisible illness. But before I do that, I just want to share a pet peeve to, to see if it's your pet peeve. For the longest time, and actually for, it was right before I started the podcast last year. I hid all my heart problems from everybody. Nobody knew looking at me, seeing me, you wouldn't know I had heart problems. But like I I do have limitations that I know my limits, like physical limitations. Um, I don't have any like actual limitations, but I know that if I'm exerting myself, like because I, I'm a psych, avid cyclist, but if I go too fast, I wear a heart rate monitor. I need to monitor my heart rate and stuff, and I have to slow down or stop. And you know, I wasn't sharing that with any of my friends or anything. And so they were kind of picking up on it, and then they were treating me weird, like well, you know, it's kind of weird. But then you know, when you st- because I didn't tell anybody because when people would find out early on, uh, when I was still in my late twenties and early, you know, like that, and I would talk about it. People treated me way different, and I hated that. Does that happen to you? Like when people find out that there's air quote, I'm using air quotes, you can't see me, but something wrong with you? Um, I don't think people necessarily treated me differently, but things like they would like try and give their opinion on things I should do, like exercise more or do this or do that. And I've had people like ask me or like, one of someone in the family like is her boyfriend still with her it's like I'm normal I'm just have pain it's not like the end of the world like I don't know so it's just like things like that kind of like irritated me but maybe it's because now like I mean chronic pain is a lot more like known or like some kind of invisible illness Mm -hmm. so maybe it I didn't maybe that's why I wasn't treated as different but I also sometimes have issues with now more than I used to trying to like find a balance mm-hmm. because it's like I'm trying in my head like think I'm normal I mean I'm normal but like like somebody my age typically would be like and I kind of overdo it sometimes but then there's times like I'm I take it easy too so and it's nice, my boyfriend and friends, everyone loves to like just be at a house or just chill. So it's like, it's, it's nice for me, especially in the winter. That's Cause good. it's not I mean, like someone's trying to go out or something and I don't want to. Just, 
if, if I could leave you with some advice, even though I hate giving unsolicited, unsolicited advice, okay. but as somebody, as somebody who's been there at your age with facing this chronic illness, now looking back, I, I would tell even myself that, and, and I don't like to just give random advice, but I will say life is a marathon. It's not a sprint. You got to pace yourself. So don't, because I think I, I, and I'm relating my experiences to what I, I'm interpreting that you just said is so like, there are times when, you know, you just don't do anything. Like I get tired mm -hmm. and I don't do anything. And then I feel like I'm being reclusive and then I'll overdo it. And then I'm actually legitimately like even more tired. Well, yeah. Like I'll be a day, like I'll wake up and I'll be like, oh, I'm okay today. Like, it's not like it's, I'm in pain, but it's maybe a, four instead of a seven and like I'll do a lot more or like if I want to go on a trip like I sometimes will go on like a weekend trip mm -hmm. and as much fun as I have it's like the next I could be I'll be in pain for the next week so this is what I'm saying like life so I mean, because we're full disclosure podcast and we're being completely vulnerable, as my friend Brene Brown would say, um, she's not actually my friend, but I would like her to be my friend. She is <laughs> a TEDx TED Talk speaker about being vulnerable. You should look her up. It's really awesome. Oh, because I want to, yeah, I want to speak with TEDx and everything. So yeah, you should definitely watch <laughs> Brene Brown's. Um, she's a Houstonian and she's an awesome person and she talks about being vulnerable. So um, what was I going to say? Son of a biscuit. Yep, this happens all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, well, this is life. So I was talking about um, being vulnerable, and I was talking about giving you life advice about not overdoing it. But, yeah, I would, I would do these, like, sprints, and then things would be worse. So that's why I'm saying to you, like, as somebody who's done that to try to make up for and try to be, you know, my perception of what I thought people thought was normal, like, and I would overdo it and then pay the price for it, I would say just – Give yourself permission to just not, just pace yourself. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. will say that at your age, you know, when I was, I mean, actually, when I was out of the hospital, I don't know about you, but when I was first out of the hospital, my daughter was born slightly, shortly after. Oh, Marissa? Yeah, she was born shortly after I was released from the hospital. So Sherry, I was in intensive care for a week while Sherry was, my wife Sherry was eight, eight and a half months pregnant with Marissa. Oy. So Marissa was born at five pounds, nine ounces. I was not allowed to hold her because I had weight restrictions. I was not allowed to hold my own daughter for 30 days. Hi. I couldn't pick her up. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't, couldn't change a diaper. I couldn't do anything. Um, so that, that was, you know, that I couldn't. I and later on, like it took me years before I was able to even allow to cut the grass. Like that was a big thing. I remember the first day I was allowed to cut the grass. I was like, totally doing it. Like these are things that, you know, people are like, ah, oh, geez, I pay somebody to do that. It's horrible. Well, you know, but it's somebody, like the little things to somebody who couldn't do it, and I can now do it. Like that's a big thing. I was cutting the grass. So I was like, dude, I'm out here. I'm like, I'm like air quote normal, normal. Um, <laughs> so no, I. Was I just, yeah, I agree. Pace yourself. Um, and you know what? I don't know that I would have listened to my advice if I was telling my younger self. My younger self would have probably been like, you're an old idiot. Go away. But um, 
seriously, pace yourself. And the biggest thing that I can say is forgive yourself and give yourself permission to and not to do things. Yeah. No, and I'm I'm usually okay with it. I try, like sometimes I just don't even realize like what I'm doing until it's like too late type yeah. of thing too. I also like growing up, I had like really bad OCD and I have it now, but in a different way, like not me having to do things, but I have feel like if I don't get something done, it's like, I have to like, I have to get it done. Like it just doesn't feel right. So like I'm learning to like not do that as much. Cause like, I still like have like issues with my head and stuff. Like I think this last couple of weeks I've been like on my computer a lot more and like there are days like I'm so dizzy after hmm. that it's like but like I'm like I just have to get some stuff done it's like I feel like I'm never gonna get anything done so I'm trying to learn to just not care good that's you're you're already ahead of me in this game because I really internalized a lot of that and I didn't know how to talk to people about it because every time I talk to somebody about it, like, and they realized they had heart problems, they always were like, okay, he's going to die at any moment. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to die. At any, I mean, well, I mean, the truth is I could literally die at any moment, but I'm like, I'm not going to die wood, at any but moment. That's anybody. That right. Could be any, knock on wood. <laughs> and that, that's, that's my point. Like anybody could, you don't know, like, this is one of the yeah. things I talk about on the podcast, Alexa, is that time is our most valuable asset that we're given and it's not infinite there is an expiration date on the time that we have and we don't know how much it is so we have to be careful how we spend that resource that we've been given with by the people we keep our friends with the the jobs we have the things we do we are choosing to spend our time that we don't know how much we have right so those, these are important decisions that need to be made um and it, I, and I, I get it too. Like, it's hard because it's like, there's so many like unknowns, like with, well, with you, with your heart, but like me, with me, chronic pain or illness. It's like, I don't know what the future holds. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get worse. And I'm, I try not to think like that, but like, then again, at times I have to be realistic. Like I have a huge fear about having kids in the future because sometimes just like playing with my boyfriend's niece for a couple hours, like I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. So like, how would I handle my own child? But you do what you got to do. And that to me is important. So. Yeah. One thing I've learned is that humans were capable of so much more than we think we are yeah. capable of. It's, it's quite amazing. And I often say that if we could get past all our biases and stupidity, that we could really accomplish something as a human race. Yeah. But that's a different episode. Um, so let's talk about some of your common misconceptions real quick about um, invisible illnesses. Like, do you have any, if, I, if we play, like one of my favorite games that I have to play with guests is what I call rapid fire. Do you, do you want to play rapid fire common misconceptions? Sure. All right, go. Oh, wait, am I asking or I don't even know. No. I thought you no, were asking so. me a question. Yes, the question is, Alexa, what are the common misconceptions that you deal with on a daily basis or you've helped somebody with or you've heard about having an invisible illness? Okay. 
I don't know if I have that many on the top of my head, but I'll I'll try. This is a very low pressure podcast. If you came up with one, I'd be happy. Um, I think like one of the biggest ones, and it's like my another saying of mine, it's like people don't understand what they can't see. So I look completely normal, healthy on the outside. So someone, unless they knew what I was going through, doesn't necessarily, wouldn't necessarily get it otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge thing is just because you look okay or what society says looks okay. Like I didn't, my leg didn't get cut off. My leg didn't break off, but I still, I've been just as, I mean, I could be in just as much pain. You just don't see it. So I think that's like probably one of the biggest ones I've dealt with. Do you feel that people are unsympathetic or do they think you're faking or like, what are some things that happen to you? Uh, Because, and again, these are all like, I'm saying this, I'm digging in for my, my well of experience. Like, oh, you look, no, yeah. I mean, looking at me, you wouldn't know that I had any issues. You really wouldn't. Exactly. Like, people say, oh, you look so good, or like, you look healthy. Like, I'm like, well, thank you. I mean, that's a good thing. But like, I don't always feel it. So, like, I, I mean, I'm very honest, like, with what I have. Like, I'm not, I mean, I won't just say, like, I'm always bad. Like, Mm -hmm. I'll just say, like, I'm okay. I'm the same. I'm fine. I'm good. Like, but, like when I'm talking to people, like new people, a lot of times I will say like, cause it just comes up in conversation. Like, what do you do? Like I only work a, a job like part-time because like my body can't handle it. I'm working on my podcast, my blog on the side. And then I have my job, but like, I wouldn't be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. Some days I can barely get out of bed. I'm in so much pain. Like yesterday I had the worst headache all day long. And it was like some days it could be four or five days in a row. Like I just don't feel good. So it's like, I think that's a huge thing is like people like need to realize like just because you can't see it on the outside doesn't mean something's not going on in the inside. And I think I've become way more empathetic. Even though I always was a pretty empathetic person, I think I realized I was a lot more empathetic due to when I've dealt with. Yeah, I, I definitely can agree with you there. I've definitely grown um, a lot changed for me personally with that experience. And that's not, I mean, I only shared with you one experience. I am actually, I have been, and again, like you said, knock on wood, not in a while, but I have been a frequent flyer in intensive care units and you know, it's, it's, it's not a lot of fun, but I will say shout out to all my intensive care nurse friends, because you guys are awesome. It's the nurses who do everything. They're underappreciated. Awesome people. Um, Love my nurses, Um, (laughs) all of them. So thank you for that. Uh, And there's a few that I still remember from, from one of my visits um, that were really, really good. But anyway, um, through that, I developed 
really, so I say this a lot on the podcast, is people confuse my kindness as a weakness. And it's not a weakness. It's my biggest strength. But that kindness was developed because of all of those intensive care mm-hmm. visits. And that has, I definitely have an overdeveloped sense of empathy. Yeah, I think I agree. I agree. That the kindness I don't perceive as a weakness, but I do understand and recognize that my my empathy is overdeveloped. And sometimes that has caused me to be taken advantage of or um, I assume things I'm, I'm overly empathetic and yeah, I definitely get taken advantage of sometimes, but I have to keep that in check. So, but I agree that that's, that's where mine came from. So, you know, yeah, I think I've realized is from being like an invisible illness or invisible, whatever you want to call it, like advocate, I think I've realized too. It's like, just because like someone like, it can be hard, like when you're in a service job, like a waitress or a bartender, like whatever kind of job. And I've been at restaurants and have not had a good staff. And it could just be they're having a bad day. Like you don't know what's going on in their head. And sometimes it's just too much. Like there's days like I could just be mean and I don't mean to be, but it's because it's in my head. Like, I'm just in so much pain and just like, I'm trying to keep it all together. So it could be a a wait staff could have anxiety or they could be going through something. And I think I've learned to like, just kind of not get so uptight because of someone else. Yes, uh, I agree. And I definitely, well, when I'm looking for candidates, I do a lot of hiring. I've done a lot of hiring um, over the years, and, and I've helped hire, fill positions. Like, I always like to ask people, like, have you ever worked in retail or in food service? Those people have seen the worst in people, and they have either learned from that, and they are the type of person I want to work with, or they have still bitter tendencies, and I definitely know that that's not the kind of person that I want to work with, um, because that's very difficult. I've done both food service and retail. I know what it's like. I've worked the holidays and both. I know yep. what it's like. Um, you know, I, I wasn't just born this awesome. I had to work towards it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I don't know what um, you really wanted to get out of the episode here, but I feel like I think I got had, everything more well, than I, was, I even thought. So I was that's well. I mean, I didn't want to, you know, assume, but I, I I kind of feel like that we covered some good ground. I mean, like I mean that sincerely, like some good ground. But I just wanted to do a check in at this point to see if there was anything else you wanted to touch on. I don't think so. Like, honestly, I think you got, uh, we got everything I would have wanted to talk about and I like where it's at. Hmm. Not too bad for being unprepared. I like it. <laughs> um, all right. Awesome. So here's what I'd like you to do. 
uh, I would like you to tell everybody again about your podcast, about your blog, and about your 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 novels, please. Okay. Um, so once again, I'm a I'd say I'm like a lifestyle brand for invisible illness. So my new website will have um, a blog, but with different sections. So like travel, relationships, self care, fashion, and there's one other, but I just can't think of it in the top of my head. But basically, it'll be in each category. I'm going to have like different like tips and things like stories and anyone listening. Um, you'll be able to like sign up if you want to be a guest blogger. Because I'm always looking for and a guest podcaster. So I'm looking for people all the time. But it's all relating to like invisible illness. So like traveling an invisible illness or fashion and invisible invisible illness. So I'm always looking. Um, and I'm also, my books are With Love Ella and Daniel Ever After. It's called the With Love Series and can be found on Amazon and soon it'll be on my website. So if you ever want a gift and a signature from an author, you can always get it on my website. And I think that's about it. My podcast is with Love Alexa and so is my blog. Both can be found on my website and the podcast can also be found pretty much anywhere you listen. Um, and my website is alexarandolph.com and it's A-L-E-X-A-R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H.com. I appreciate you spelling that because usually I end up in the one that spells it out for the guests. Uh, Oh. Because we do have an international audience and, you know, names are spelled differently in different countries. So. Yeah, my name is, um, even though there's an Amazon now, Alexa, I still get Alexia, Alexis, or Alex. So I mm. figured might as well spell it out. Yeah, no, I guess I can see that. I didn't even think, um, I didn't even correlate you with the Amazon product, believe it or not. Um, didn't even dawn on me. Yeah, I feel like people like don't as much, and then some people do. I um, the only good thing about that whole about the Alexa is like now anywhere I go, like when I'm on a keychain or something, my name's there. It never <laughs> used to be. Like I think I found my name one time or two times over the years before that. Oh, that's so funny. That's the same thing. I'm like, I should daughter. just get a little something. I want to get a little money out of it. <laughs> like the Alexa, like my name was there first. <laughs> that's so funny. My daughter can never find anything with her name on it either. Is she like spelled a different way? Nope. Just M-A-R-I-S-S-A. Really? I feel like I've seen it. Well, it's starting to become like there's now, but like when she was little, when those kind of things mattered more to her. There yeah. was, her name was never there, but now that she's like, oh. oh, look, oh, look, there's my name now. Oh, I didn't know. Oh, that's, that's funny, because I have a couple of friends named Marissa, um, but, like, my boyfriend, Max, is actually spelled with two X's, so um, he never finds it anywhere. Yeah, our, our son is actually Maxwell. Um, yeah. He's named after the main character in Where the Wild Things Are. Oh! <laughs> Yeah, that was Marissa's favorite book that I would read to her every night, and she Aww. named she named Max. So she okay. So she's older. Yeah, she's 
three years older than him. Well, two and a half, but I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, Same she difference. named him. We didn't even have a choice. We she was just named like it was just is. But um, anyway, I won't bore you with that story unless you want me to. But I appreciate you being on and sharing your story, all of it with us, and how you deal with it and how you're helping others who don't have visible I mean there's a bunch of us out there and I mean there's almost everybody and even if you don't you probably know someone that does so to me it's even if you're a caregiver or just someone you know that has it like you can always learn oh I know one last point I forgot to I, I remembered one of the things I wanted to tell you is now that I'm an old man I can talk about my heart problems because all of my friends now are reaching an age and they're all developing heart problems. (laughs) So all of a sudden now, like I belong and it's not, nobody treats me differently because I have heart problems now. But back then I was the only one who had them and nobody would to do what to do with them. So I just wanted, yeah. So I'm finding an acceptance now. I'm finding an acceptance now that I never had before, which is incredibly strange to me. I'm not dissing it or like <laughs> mocking it. I'm just saying it. It's a little weird being in the closet all those years, not being afraid to talk about it because of the judgment. And then everybody's like, "Oh, cool." And then they're like asking for advice. Well, how do you do this? Well, how do you do? How do you? Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, I just thought I'd share that. That it's now that I like that. As you get older, more and more people start to develop problems, and all of a sudden, it's like okay. I'm like not ready to get older. I'm like, I already feel old enough. Well, if you take the same track that I was on, because I feel like I identify with your personality from at your age, that it'll stay your, it'll stay stagnant. And then at one point, which will be like now, everybody else will catch up to you. And then it just yeah. will be. Maybe. <laughs> um, also to everybody listening. You are all forever strong and you're going to, you just have to continue to be forever strong. It's my saying. And one day there may be a clothing line with that. So watch out. (laughs) Hopefully that's all copyrighted. Uh, Oh yeah. Well, well. Yeah. Well, um, (laughs) you, you have time to get on top of that. Yes. So thanks for being here, uh, Alexa. I really appreciated it. And if anybody, if you want to get a hold of me, as always, there's the voicemail line, which is country code one, area code 585-210-0240. If what you leave me, you don't want on the air, just say upfront, don't air this. Otherwise, I may air it, I may not. I may talk about it. But if you say don't talk about this or don't air it, I won't. I will respect that. You can always get a hold of me at podcast at gmail.com. You are more than welcome to contact me about anything. And if you want to be a guest, uh, come on. There's no topic that is off limits. That's, you know, let's talk about common misconceptions. So I think that's it. So Wait, can well, I just say one last thing? Of course you can. Um, to anyone listening? If you ever need someone to talk to, I'm a someone to listen. Like I, I got your back, and nobody's alone because you got this bitch on your side. So, <laughs> and they can um, contact you. You can reach you. me through my website. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
thank you, which we already know, but one more time just for fun. Okay, it's Alexa Randolph, which is A-L-E-X-A-R-A-N-D-O-L-P-H.com. So I just have to ask, um, when you get married, and I'm not implying it's going to be Max. It might be my nephew. I don't know what oh, your future okay, holds. But. <laughs> but, all right. Well, I mean, I didn't want to imply why. I mean, I'm kind of implying already, but will, <laughs> are you going to change your name? Are you going to hyphenate? What are you going to do? Oh, my name will be changed. And your website will stay the same though. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, because you already you already have that, that brand. My books and everything, but I think yeah. every maybe business will still be Randolph, but everything else will be his last name. Yeah, well, I mean, you could definitely already you know you can just a simple DBA will cover that. But yeah. I, I just I just had to be nosy because like like I said in the beginning, we're we're awesome. No, new yeah, I'm right. actually I like that kind of stuff. Like I like the the cheesiness you know like sometimes like you're taking his last name or he mm -hmm. opens doors for you like I'm a I like to be like not a, I'm not a feminist at all but certain things like I'm like I'm independent like I don't need somebody it's I, I'm with him because I want to be with him so like in that way I'm independent but like I like you know changing my name or having my door open every once in a while so well, you can be a feminist and, and be pro-women and still be traditional in certain regards. There's nothing right. wrong with that. And I, and I am, for sure. Like, we're all independent. Like, we can own our own business and do our own thing. Yeah, so. absolutely. I mean, I'll just segue real quick, and then we're going to wrap up. I promise everybody. But um, <laughs> they've, heard, they've heard the story before. I'm a door holder. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're physically disabled, perfectly abled. Um, if you're a woman, if you're LGBTQ, whatever the initials are, I don't care what race you are. I'm, if I'm there and I get to the door, I'm holding the door for you. It's just who I am as a person. It's not because I am trying to make a statement or trying to, you know, do whatever. It's just who I am. It's just a nice thing to do. And if I see you carrying packages and I'm like a few steps away from the door, guess what? I'm holding the door for you. Um, but there has been times in my life when I have done that for women and I've gotten yelled at, oh. I find funny. Um, I, I I'll never, funny. I mean, I won't hold, I won't yell at someone if a guy holds the door open. Like, I mean, if I'm in front of them, I hold it open. Exactly. See, that's the I thing don't is care. It, it, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like, I'm okay. Like, and, and this is just how my brain works. Like if you were there at the door first, I don't care who you are. You just hold the door open. Exactly. Like I hate people like like close like let it go and it like goes into my face and I'm like really. Well, see, I usually just say thank you loud enough so they can hear me. <laughs> and sometimes the you know they honestly didn't know, and then sometimes they just look back like, you know, they're angry, and I'm like I don't care, you know, I'm not above shaming you. Um, but that's just, uh, I just had to talk about that because that always, I love that story because it just cracks me up. There's two specific times um, that that happened that I got yelled oh. at <laughs> for holding the door for women. Oh, well, I, it'll never be me. So if you're ever holding a door open <laughs> for me, I won't yell at you. Didn't stop me from holding the door open for them either. But all right. <laughs> Thank you again, Alexa. I really appreciate it. And thanks everybody for listening in. And
Next week, we'll be back with another incredibly long episode for you to tune into three or four times in one week because that's how long it takes. Thanks, everybody.